The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. Today is September 7th, 2023. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. We're having problems with the uh, Clubhouse, Club Deck thing. We we feed the show to to that uh, platform, and uh, they did an upgrade yesterday and messed everything up, and now we can't get in at all. At least I can't. So if you are interested, you want to join in, uh, there's two ways to do this. One of them is to go to uh, the Discord server. And uh, you can also just go to rumble.com forward slash Matt Slick Live. That's the easiest way. You can get in there and uh, you can watch and participate with the chatters and stuff like that. All right. Hold on. Yawn. Sorry about that. I had a good yawn. And um, so there's that. And uh, hopefully everything's going to be working fine. Um, and I'll check, uh, I'll check some stuff. We can have st- we, you know something's up. We had a little technical difficulty. Let me uh, let me make sure I got everything right here. So, oh, that's why. Oh man, uh, because <laughs> because I got so much to do. All of a sudden, one little bit, I messed up on that. All right, now you should be able to hear and uh, everything. All right. Okay, like I said, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. And uh, if you're new to the show, you're not sure what this show's about, I'm a Christian apologist. What that means is I defend the Christian faith. Apologetics is that branch of Christian theology that deals with the defense and the establishment of the Christian faith. So I teach on all kinds of topics. I'll be teaching a Bible study tonight, as a matter of fact. But I teach on, oh, man, just all kinds of stuff. I've been doing radio for uh, 20 years now and uh, answer questions. So that's it. If you got questions on Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christian Science, Unity, Baha'i, Islam, Roman, did I say Roman Catholicism? Eastern Orthodoxy, UFOs, the occult, Oneness Pentecostal, is baptism necessary for salvation, evolution, some philosophy, uh, let's see what else we talk about, Christian theology, Christology, Trinitarian theology, Soteriology, uh, eschatology, talk about all kinds of stuff. I, you know, I love doing that. I, I love uh, being able to answer all kinds of questions. Not that I say that I've got all the answers right, but I have the privilege of being able to do this and uh, been doing it full time now for about 18 years. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a blast. And I did a lot of uh, work beforehand, uh, before I started doing this 18 years full time. So there you go. Okay. That's a good yawn. I wonder how many people yawn when I yawn. <laughs> They're listening or even watching. Four open lines. Why don't you give me a call? 877 207 2276. Joseph from Utah. Welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. Mm-hmm. This question was posed in a chat asking if water baptism is essential for being part of your Christian walk. 
I believe it's consensual, but I know a lot of people were saying it wasn't. Well, what do they mean by Christian walk? Because you know, as being know. a Christian, you know, walking walking through life as a Christian, you know, hold saying, on, "Hey, I'm." A, no, hold on, hold on. So, you see, a walk means one thing, but are they saying that baptism is necessary for salvation? That's the question. Is that what they're saying? Well, the, well, that, no. The question basically was, do I need to be baptized to be Christian? No. You should be baptized. But baptism is not what makes you Christian. Baptism is an outward declaration of your inner faith that's in the Lord. So what if you have someone who is on a deathbed? I use this example a lot. He's on a deathbed. And um, I've seen it. I used to work at a hospital where they have tubes uh, in them, and they can't even talk. And they're still alive, etc. You know, that last hours or days of life, I've seen it. So, uh, what do you do then? They've con- what if they confess Christ on their deathbed? Do they have to be baptized in order to be a Christian? Well, of course not. Do they have to be baptized uh, in order to walk with God? Well, they're not even walking, but really, they're not doing much. So, you don't have to be baptized in order to be saved, but you should be baptized. And it's part of the obedience uh, that we have to Christ, and it should be should be there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was you know something that it was needed that we needed to do because you know Christ did it, and so we want to be yeah. like Christ, and so it was important but, that we do it too. But Jesus did it to fulfill Old Testament law. That's what he said in Matthew three fifteen to fulfill all righteousness. So we don't yeah. do that to fulfill the law, the Old Testament law. Jesus did because he was entering into the priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. In, the, in Leviticus eight, Numbers uh, four, Exodus twenty nine, these are the chapters where it describes what a priest, what a man needed to do in order to, to enter into the priesthood, and Jesus fulfilled those. So uh, that's what that was. That's why he got okay. baptized. Okay. 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 Well, thank you again, Brother Matt. I appreciate you answering my question, and I hope you have a blessed rest of your day, and I'm going to continue listening until I get home, <laughs> like okay. always. Okay. Well, God bless, brother. God bless. All right. Yeah, hey, I love talking about baptism, and uh, I believe, and maybe this will prompt some call, I believe that Jesus was sprinkled. I know that's not, that's not common, but I affirm that because of what the requirements are in the Old Testament uh, that Jesus fulfilled. That's what I my position is. If you don't agree, well, that's okay. We could talk about it. And uh, I believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is being poured. We should be uh, baptized, absolutely, but it is not necessary in order for us to have our sins forgiven and be Christians. Now, to reject baptism is not good. But you do need to be baptized, and you should be baptized. Okay, but it's not the thing that forgives you of your sin. It's faith in Christ that does that, that justifies you. Baptism doesn't justify you; it doesn't make you right before God. And uh, the cults and false religious systems uh, will often teach that baptism is necessary; that you have to be baptized in order to be uh, have your your sins forgiven. Well, then that would mean you're not justified by faith alone in Christ alone. And that would be a false teaching. All right. Give me a call. Four open lines, 877 Tag. Cool. From Ohio. Welcome. You're on the air. 
Hi. Um, I listen to your show a lot when I get home from visiting uh, my shut-ins from our church. Okay. And I have a question. Um, I've always been studying that when we die, that we go to heaven. If we're, As a Christian, you would go to heaven, because Jesus said on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. But then when I read Thessalonians, it says the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we will be quickened. So when okay. do we go to heaven? Okay, when the dead in Christ die, they go be with the Lord. That's Second uh, Corinthians five eight um, talks about that. To be absent from the bodies, be home with the Lord. The unbelievers don't go to be with the Lord because they died without Christ. That and, I know. Good, and they they have judgment. So uh, that's uh, Romans uh, no Hebrews nine twenty seven. It's appointed unto men to die once. After this is judgment. Okay, so that's that. Now. Um, what you quoted in First Thessalonians four is dealing with the return of Christ, and so it says uh, in verse sixteen, "For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. What this is talking about is the return of Christ. So when He returns, right. that those who died already physically are with Him. They will rise first. They will be joined in their resurrected bodies first. Then we who are alive. So it's just your resurrected body, right? Right, right. It's the resurrected body, not the soul. Soul goes already to heaven. Yeah, the spirit, soul. We're already with the Lord. We are awake. We're aware. It's not soul sleep. That's a false teaching. Okay. And so, the, and the, the, those who died ahead of time before Christ returns, they will be resurrected. Okay, that's and, just what, uh, yeah, I was concerned because I'm, I teach a class and I don't want to teach it wrong. Because to me that was a little bit confusing if the dead in Christ will rise first, but it's the body part, we get the new body mm-hmm. then, right? Right. And you can cross-reference that with First Corinthians 15, uh, and let me see, because it's 35 through 45. That's what talks about that which okay. is sown is that which is raised. So, uh, and I'm looking for, because it says in the twinkling, let me see if I can find that. Uh, yeah, twinkling of an eye. The moment in the twinkling of the eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will uh-huh. be raised imperishable. Okay, that's First Corinthians fifteen fifty two. So when you go to First Thessalonians 4, it talks about the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ. So the resurrection is at the last trumpet. Okay. Okay, the other question I have then that leads from this, <laughs> my people have asked me if that's the case, what about people that are Christians that were burned at the stake? Christians, you know, so now they have just ashes. They don't have bones. They, and Or the ones who were eaten by a shark, you know, in the ocean during the war. What mm-hmm. if those God resurrects their bodies. He is able to uh, reassemble all the material. Because think about it. People have died. They've died, you know, 6,000 years ago. And they're in the ground. Well, there's nothing left of them. I mean, was God going to say, uh-oh, what am I going to do? I can't, I can't, uh, I can't raise them. Uh Uh-oh. That's that's not going to happen. Okay, that's what I told them, that God was capable of finding every part and he'd get it together. That's right. He will do that. And the last thing I have is I... Um, the last thing I had was a few weeks ago, I listened to you, and then somebody called okay. about Jesus living in their heart. And you said that he doesn't live in our heart, he, which I agree with you. No, he, no, 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 no
No, no. I didn't say he doesn't live in our heart. I say the phrase, ask Jesus into your heart, is not in the Bible. Right. Because Jesus right. does live so in us. Oh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. So in, <laughs> in John fourteen twenty three, Jesus does make his abode with us. He does live in us. All right? Okay. Right. Okay. But I think Go sometimes ahead. people say heart when they mean soul. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, but I, the phrase, ask Jesus into your heart, is not in the Bible. That's what I'm saying. I agree. The phrase is not. So do they ask oh, the Jesus? Phrase, okay. Yeah, the phrase. And so they they receive Christ, John one twelve, and Jesus lives in us, mm-hmm. John fourteen twenty three. But we don't. There's no nothing that says ask him in your heart. Now that's not to mean if you say the phrase you're not saved. It just means that the phrase isn't there. We got to be careful what it means. We have to make sure that people understand the context and and speak these things properly. That's all. Okay. Correct. Okay. That's what I agree with you then. I love listening to your show. I get to listen to it every Thursday evening on my way home. So thank you very much. You excuse me. Wow. I got yawns all of a sudden. You're welcome very much. Sorry about <laughs> you that. You need a nap. I try to <laughs> take one. It's, it's been super busy day to day. Super busy. So, you know. <laughs> yes, okay. it has. But they're good okay. things. They're God things. So that's all right. That's right. So you have a great day and thank you for your answers. You're welcome. Well, God bless. Thanks for listening. Okay. Bye. All right. Let's see. It's 4.16 and 20 seconds. I think there's going to be a break coming on here any minute, but let's see if we get to Matt. And there's <laughs> there's the break. So, hey, Matt, hold on, buddy. We'll get back to you talking about Jesus and All his right. baptism. We'll be right back after these messages, folks. If you want to give me a call, three open lines or two open lines, 877 We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. All right, let's get on with Matt from Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome, you're on the air. Hey, Matt, uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, sure. I had a question as a sort of a, a follow-up regarding Jesus' baptism. Uh, I think I'll start with a little bit of context of why I'm even thinking about this. Okay. Uh, are you familiar um, with the you know the forty-year period or so after Jesus' death before the temple was destroyed? There's some there's some writings that suggest there are a few anomalies occurring in the temple over those 40 years. Like uh, the door was was open every morning to the temple, or, or the menorah would, would would run out of oil and would 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 would, uh, would stop burning, and that was very odd. And so, uh, are you familiar with with, with, with those? No, I'm not. But that would be very interesting if we could find documentation of some sort for that. Yeah, it was like some old rabbis was writing about it. But anyway, I've always wondered, like, why was that? Was it because Jesus died or was it because the Spirit of God didn't dwell in the temple anymore? And so I was. my question regarding Jesus' baptism, you know how it says the, the, the Holy Spirit came out of the sky like a dove and, you know, the voice spoke. Yeah. 
inner Jesus at that moment. I was wondering, um, do you think that when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit leave the temple at that point and now dwell in Jesus on earth? No, because I wouldn't think think so, because a sacrifice hadn't occurred, because the covenant, new covenant is ratified with the death of Christ. You go to Hebrews 8, 7, or 8, 13, and, and uh, Hebrews 9, mm-hmm. 15 through 16, talks about that. So I would, I would, my first reaction would be no, uh, it was the spirit, he was still involved in the temple. It wasn't until the crucifixion, when the temple veil was torn in two, that would be for me, right. uh, the dividing line. Okay. Interesting. So you think at that point the, the, the spirit left the temple? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Stopped on there. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess okay. you answered my question. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Hey, no problem, man. God bless. All right. Okay. Hey, folks, if you want to give me a call, uh, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Let's get to another Matt from Middleton, Connecticut. Welcome. You're on the air. Hi, Matt. How, how are you today? Doing all right, Matt. <laughs> so what well, do you got? I'm, I actually called a few weeks ago. It, it, I, 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 we were talking about John chapter 18, verse number 9. Okay. And there was just one more question about it that I, I should have asked, and I didn't ask at the time. But I guess I was just wondering, have, have you ever heard a non-Reformed believer use that verse as a proof text against what was taught in John chapter 6? Uh, I, I'm confused, because John chapter 6 is a huge chapter. So Well, well you know, because John, uh, John 18.9 says about how it was what what had happened um, was would, to fulfill the none. word which he had spoke yeah, yeah that he, he lose none. not one I, I was i was just wondering if someone ever if in because i know you've had a lot of debates with people that are against calvinism if they ever tried to use that and see all he was talking about was that you know incident right there and he wasn't talking about now obviously i don't believe that because I, I believe in calvinism i believe John chapter 6, he's talking about election um, onto salvation. You know, I, I, I would be on your side in, in that debate, but I'm just wondering if you try to go that direction. No, I've not had anybody use that, uh, that, that verse to show that they can lose their salvation. Uh, usually people who do teach they lose their salvation also teach that they have to keep it by how good they are. And so I, that's what I'll tackle mainly, but no, I, I don't recall anybody. They may have, I just don't recall it. Okay. But, but like you know, but you know, like I, I guess what I'm thinking about is if someone tried to say that that was what he was talking about. He was talking about that incident. That mm-hmm. you know how he's the physical provision of the disciples, and that he was protecting them uh, physically in that scenario, and. John 18. Yeah, you know what I'm kind of saying? Not really, but uh, this is where Judas yeah. betrays Jesus. He went out. Yeah. And, uh, so it's a, it is a verse to show that Judas was never saved because he says, of those you've given me, I lost not one. So Judas wasn't given to him uh, in that sense of, of a salvific giving by the Father to the Son. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. That's what I would say. I, I, I just I, 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 for some reason in my mind, I, I just could see somebody trying to say, you know, trying to deny what, you know, what he's talking about in John six, but in terms of all that the father gives to me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, right. I won't, won't cast out, you know, the, 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 he's talking about saving the, the elect that he has chosen. And that they would try to twist uh, eighteen nine and say, "Oh no, he was just talking about protecting the disciples by uh, making sure they went." You know, he, he says, "Let these go their way." And in eight, John eighteen eight, like you know, what I mean, uh, I don't know if I'm John eighteen sense. eight. It says, "I told you that I am He." So uh, if you seek me, let us go, let these go their way. Okay, uh, no. Uh, um, I'm not sure what you're getting at because I think you're talking about people who are trying to use John 18, 9 to show that we can lose our salvation. Is that it? Well, no, I was thinking more of the, along the lines of using that verse as a way to deny what Jesus teaches in John 6 about, you know, all that what the Father mean? gives to me will come to me, whoever comes you to mean? me. You mean I'll set scripture against? Yeah. So you mean set scripture against scripture? This is what a lot of yeah, people like, do. Yeah, like just try to say the, the, the fulfillment was just what he was talking about in, in John. I mean, I don't think it would be a good argument. Okay, I, I'm, I conf- I'm confused. Someone, I, I, it's yeah, I'm really confused because the fulfillment, a fulfillment of what? Uh, to you know, to fulfill the word which he spoke of those whom he had given you lost none. So about what Jesus had spoken is probably referring to John six. But we know that Judas was never saved to begin with. John six, I think well, well, it's uh, sixty seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I that's what's going on. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, verse yeah. seventy. That I myself choose you, the twelve. Yet one of you is a devil. And. Uh, so, yeah, verse uh, seventy. So, you know, he already knew that Judas was was a devil. He was not saved to begin with. Okay. So. Okay. I just, well, but there's it, a side it, it, note, though. A lot of times, people will try. Uh, when I quote them scriptures, they'll go to another place of scripture and to contradict it, and they they don't even realize what they're doing that they are trying to set scripture against scripture. So remember that point. If you're talking to somebody and you quote something, well, over here it says this. Well, wait a minute. Are you setting scripture against scripture? You shouldn't do that. We have to understand both the context, don't we? Let's see if we can work with that together. That's what I try and do with people. All right? And and the context of of John 18 would be, and that that, he's talking about the physical... Hold on, hold on. There's a a break coming up, okay? So hold on. We'll be right back, folks. After these messages, please stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. We have two open lines if you want to give me a call. 877-207-2276. Give me a call. Let's get back on the air with Matt. Hey, you're back on. Okay. All right, so I read the context during the break. And uh, I think I know what you're getting at, that John 18 is just about the physical aspect of their of their uh, deliverance because the Jews were going to come with a sword and stuff like that. And is yes. that what you're getting at? 
Yeah, I was, I was just saying, I, I, I was wondering if maybe in your conversations with people that reject Calvinism and predestination and, and election, if they would try to say that what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 6, verse 39, was fulfilled entirely in John chapter 18, verses, verse number oh. 9. Well, no, there's too much of a distance between John 6 and John 18. You always have to read in between to see if there's something new coming up. But um, you can also go to John seventeen twelve, which is in between those two uh, pericopes. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, says Jesus. I guarded them, and not one of them has perished by the son of perdition, so that the scripture must be fulfilled, or be fulfilled. So the, the whole of the scripture, no one was lost except the son of perdition. But it's not lost as in losing salvation, because we know from John six seventy that he was a devil. He was a he wasn't a believer in, in Christ. So it's consistent with Reformed theology to say that he didn't lose his salvation because he never was saved. And it looks like John eighteen is dealing with the issue of physical uh, deliverance. It, it could be that because it seems to be the context. And uh, I think also it might deal with the issue of what's coming to them later on with the preaching of the gospel when they are commissioned after the resurrection to go forward. And that it was not their time to die because they died, except for John, as martyrs in the faith years later. So uh, I think there's some of that probability or possibility, I should say, within that context as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it wouldn't be... If someone tried to play that card, it wouldn't be a good idea because it, it doesn't add up when you compare it to, like you said, the rest of the what Jesus says on the, that subject in the Gospel of John. That's right. I guess yeah. I was just I was just curious about it if if anybody ever tried that argument. Okay. Yeah. No, I haven't heard it. Well, I think, I think uh, from there. Okay. I thank you for your time, Matt, and I wish sure. you the best. Thanks. Appreciate it. I need God the bless. best wished. <laughs> All right. Well, God bless, man. Thanks. Take care. Thank you. All right. All right. Hey, four open lines. Why don't you give me a call? 877-207-2276. Wynn from North Carolina. Welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. I'm calling hey. about the previous caller that was asking about the 40-year period between uh, after Jesus died mm-hmm. and the temple was destroyed. Right. Um, I'm uh, I'm no great Talmudic expert, but in um, one of the tractates of the Talmud is called Yoma, and it uh, explains how the um, Jewish leaders did Yom Kippur, and there are several interesting things that happened um, on on Yom Kippur. They would you can read in. Uh, Leviticus 16, that they would cast, the high priest would cast lots, one for the Lord and one for the Azazel, or the scapegoat. And according to the Talmud, in chapter 37, paragraph A and B, it says that for the last, for the the last, no, it says that every year that the, the lots would come out in the right hand for the Lord and in the left hand for the Azazel. And they considered that a miracle. And then another thing that would happen is that the um, westernmost light of the menorah in the um, uh, holy place would light uh, by itself. And the fellow was talking about the menorah. And then the third thing, which is really interesting, is that uh, 
in that chapter of Yoma, it says that they would take the scapegoat, you know, they would kill the the um, the one for the Lord. They would take the scapegoat and they would tie a, a yellow, a, a red strap to one horn of the the goat, and then they would take the goat and take it out into the wilderness and throw it over a cliff. And uh, okay. the other half of the strap was on the door of the temple. And the Talmud says that when, and there's a lot of stuff in between, but uh, that when they threw the scapegoat over the the cliff, that the strap on the door of the temple would turn white. And they said, well, it reminds us of Isaiah where he says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Well, those things happened, uh, apparently. They were recording that, not as scripture, but as, you know, this is what happened. Well, and then it says later in paragraph B that the last 40 years before the temple was destroyed, which was destroyed in 70, that the lots didn't come out the same way. Every year before that, they had always come out mm-hmm. right hand for the Lord, left hand for the Azazel. But the last 40 years, they came out opposite. And the menorah didn't light. And the strap on the, the temple door didn't turn white. But that the door of the temple, now this is just on Yom, Yom Kippur, the, the door of the temple would swing open. And the rabbi said, we don't know what that means, but we're afraid it means judgment. Well, wow. the big question is, well, what happened approximately 40 years before the temple was destroyed? Well, that's when Jesus died, and the once-for-all sacrifice, and the the temple sacrifices were no longer necessary or uh, salvific. And so I think it's a a pretty uh, amazing thing that the Talmud would talk about, and when you compare it to Hebrews, uh, where it's in, I think it's chapter 9, he talks about the the ritual of the um, of Yom Kippur and how the, that sin offering didn't cleanse anybody's conscience because it didn't you know it didn't really forgive sin it was the blood of Messiah in the future that forgave sin well I think it's a, a beautiful picture of the once for all sacrifice that those miracles that these unsaved Jewish people recorded uh, they weren't trying to point to Jesus but it really does. Yeah, you know, I'd like it if you were to send me the documentation for that. You know, to the sure. Info uh, in fact, I will, I will mm-hmm. Xerox that page out of the Talmud and send it to you. If you'll, um, uh, I guess I'll give you my email address or something, your caller. Well, just, I'll give well, him just, my email just address. Just info, info at karm.org. Okay. Info at karm.org. Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go to the library tomorrow and uh, Xerox that, and I'll send it to you. Sure. It was documentation. What page? Because I have a Talmud online, and so I could uh, look well, it up. Well, it's in Yoma. It's, the, well, it's in Tractate Yoma. Yeah, and it's, yeah just okay. write it down and send it to me because I can't, you know, right now. But uh, send it, you know, okay. and I'll go check it out, stuff like that, because I didn't know that kind of stuff. It'd be interesting. Yeah. It's okay. uh, chapter, chapter 37, paragraph A and B, and I'll send it to you. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Okay. Oh, boy. Got another yawn coming on. Sorry about that. Hey, if you want to give me a call for open lines, 877-207-2276. Scott from Washington. Welcome. You're on the air. You there? Hello? Scott. 
Okay. Are you yeah, there? Can... Yeah, I can hear yeah, you. Yeah. I, I got another call, and uh, anyways, forgive me about that. Um, so my question, uh, it just had to do with, I heard the last caller, and he mentioned lots, and it got me thinking. I've always sort of wondered, what's the deal with, with, with casting lots? I, I'm just wondering where, kind of where did it come from and why we don't do it anymore. <laughs> okay. So I believe it's in, um, I forgot where the verse is, where where is that? Where you cast a lot, but the outcome is ordained of God. And uh, maybe someone can find it and just put it in the text there someplace, and I'll, I'll find out where it is. So the idea of God being sovereign over all things, it would cast lots as a means, at least biblically, to find out the will of God, because they would know that even a lot, which is supposedly some sort of random thing, is ultimately not random, and so they would do that. So the the uh, Jews did it, and the Romans did it too, and they cast a lot for Jesus' docu- I mean, uh, his garments. Yeah. So now the question then becomes: After the resurrection, uh, is it the right thing to do? Because they cast lots uh, for the new disciple Matthias. Right. So uh, that's what they did. And let's see, lots. They drew lots. Well, this is drew lots. Uh, um, I believe it's, uh, you know, I don't know if it's what they gave lots, drew lots, how it works. So that's what they did, trying to find out. And, they, and it fell to Matthias, and they added him to the uh, to the disciples. The question is, yeah, was and it that's the right in the New Testament, obviously after the resurrection and everything. It's just, I just found it kind of strange that it's kind of the only thing we hear about it, and I've never heard of anybody practicing that for any reason. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Hey, man, we got a break, so hold on, okay, buddy? we got a break. Hey, folks, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Let's get back on with Scott. Are you still there? Yes, sir. All right. So I did a little bit of research, just a little bit, uh, on cast lots. Oh, and thanks, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy Smythe for that reference. Proverbs sixteen thirty three: The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Thanks, appreciate that. Proverbs sixteen thirty three. All right. Uh, so I did a just a, a, a quick search for the phrase "cast lots," and it occurs twenty one times in the Bible. In the, in the Interesting. Not a big deal. So we got references, but that's what they did. Okay. Yeah, you know, I just find that funny. Yeah, you, you never hear about a say a church is hiring a new pastor and there's split decisions. These two guys are both great. You never hear about them casting lots to decide. Well, a you know what? Someone, one uh, of uh, the producer, typed in uh, a note in the Comrex. A caller called in. The Amish cast lots to choose a new pastor. That's what it says. Interesting. Really? I don't know if they do or don't. Uh, but hey, you know. I would think that that's not the best way to do it, because well, you, you could end up with a, a real lame-o. Uh, you know, the Bible says you're supposed to examine them. So maybe they have uh, 
you know, a, a small pool of four or five guys or whatever it is, and they cast lots to see. <clears throat> yeah, it, I guess one more question off the top of my head about lots is, I don't know if you know or not, but just to me it so, sort of sounds like equivalent to us, like rolling dice. But you did say you mentioned drawing lots, that it might be a, a different term. I wonder if it's like one thing or it could be a multiple ways of casting lots. Is that a term or is that a, you know. That's what I was wondering. It just just from that, when they draw it, uh, you know, you've seen, you know, the gets, who gets the short stick, you know, is that that's a form of, of doing right. lots to see. Uh, so I, I don't know what the casting of the lots is. Now I'm kind of curious. I would assume it's something like dice or something that they would carry and they would throw and, you know, like you all heads, all tails, whatever it is, you know. So who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Something to study, though. I've never had to really study that before, but I think it'd be interesting to, to learn about. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, maybe I'll look into that, too, just for fun. Um, and uh, just before I let you go, i got to get going, but um, I, I'm the one who mentioned my friend's son yesterday, who's kind of going into Catholicism and uh, I oh, mentioned yeah. that you're willing to give him a talk with him and uh, he's sure. going to get back to me if he wants to do that or not so I'll let you know all right yeah I won't chew Thank him up you. I'll just say here's what this script what this what Catholicism teaches you know and uh, here's right. what scripture teaches you know and, and see what he just, he's on his own generally though when someone gets into that kind of stuff they're already committed to it you know, oh I'm a, yeah I like this I like the pomp I like the the uh, statues, I like the whatever, and, and they, they like that. That's why they're going into it a lot of times. So we'll see. Yeah, that okay. seems to be what he's attracted to. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes the order of it, you know, the kind of, uh, he's comfortable with the steps and all the little, you know, gadgets they got, you know. Yeah, I get that's a lot of people uh, believe that uh, if a church has a uh, the smoke and the robes and that puts you in contact with history and you feel that history as they're walking down doing all that stuff and I'm like so it's not history I want to be in contact with it's Jesus so some people just have their eyes in the wrong place they want ceremony we know that don't we Charlie yeah yeah that's right Charlie's on the uh, I can see him oh hey Charlie how are you doing buddy He's waving. <laughs> we know that because um, a family member, let's just say, is involved with uh, one of these groups that is uh, pompastic. <laughs> Make up a word. <laughs> pompastic. So, uh, pompastic. I like that word, pompastic. you, you got to have the pomp, and that's what makes it spiritual, pompasticism. <laughs> i got to uh-huh. put that in yeah. my slictionary. Oh, that's awesome. Pompasticism. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, as Mr. Kitt says, smells and bells. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> smells and bells. Pompasticism. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I enjoy laughing. You know, I've even made myself laugh a lot. I tell myself a joke. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. And then, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny you rate. say that. I was just thanking God the other day. But I, I just kind of something happened I don't remember what it was but it was something funny and it made me laugh pretty hard and it's good to laugh and it's it's, it's a true blessing to be able to laugh you know what I mean yes I do know what you mean Uh, I I love it I have a good sense of humor and so uh, when I teach uh, I often will um, use a little humor in in there you know so yeah it's a lot of fun 
Okay. Well, good. Thank you for uh, for taking those questions. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem at all. All right. God bless. Okay. Well, that was Scott. We've got nobody waiting right now. We've got about eight minutes left in the show. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. I think what I'm going to do is, uh, oh, boy, what happened to it? I had, oh, man, I had uh, the wacko questions and stuff like oh i know what happened i moved it that's why i got some good radio questions and stuff like that anyways let's check this out we've got nobody waiting let's see hello thank you for all you do budding apologist debate atheist mm, a bunch of people good something sometimes face to face uh okay debating a church of christ member over the necessity of baptism he was adamant that it is required i'd use the example of thief on the cross he claimed that that was bad theology as most of the people around the area where the thief was from had been baptized. Oh, brother. Uh, that when just So when people say that, well, he's probably baptized already. Um, oh, he was? Can you show me that in Scripture? Well, no. What they're doing is saying it's not there, but we just say it's there to make it fit our theology. That's all they're doing. If God did not have that be said, there's a reason for it, Okay. How would you combat this approach? That's one of the ways. I'd ask them if someone near and dear to him acknowledged Jesus tonight as Lord in their life, then crawled into bed and died in their sleep, would he spend eternity in uh, hell? You know, he didn't answer. See, there you go. Now, when someone doesn't answer a question like that, then they're stuck. They don't answer. Because I've done that with people who hold to you. We have to be baptized in water and dunked and all this stuff in order to be saved. And they'll say, what about someone on a deathbed? You know, and they receive Christ, and then they have a heart attack and they die. Do they go to heaven or hell? If they say they go to hell, oh, then you're not justified by faith alone in Christ alone, are you? Which is what the Bible teaches us. But if they say uh, you know, they're, uh, they go to heaven, well, then you don't need baptism to be saved, do you? Either one, they lose. Okay, This is what happens when you have cult thinking. Cult thinking is like that. And um, that's what it is. It's, it's bad theology. And so you can... You know, you can uh, you can deal with it that way. Anyway, he says, Below is another example of a typical correspondence from someone with the same viewpoint. I'm normally driving while listening to you. Hey, how you doing? That's uh, Chad. And um, let's see where to lose my spot. Uh, trying to listen to you. So I felt this be the best avenue to correspond. I'm also an aerospace engineer. Ooh, have a great UFO story. Ooh, boy, I'd like to hear that call me at the office we can talk that i hope to share one day with you yeah that'd be great thank you and again god bless an oxymoron is a figure of speech usually one or two words which seemingly contradict what is derived from two greek words oxys and sharpen more than this okay so uh a lot of more stuff baptism is not an outward expression that's what he said yeah, I can answer all those stuff. There's a lot of stuff. But baptism is not necessary for salvation. I'm not diminishing it. I'm just saying that if you add a work, a work that you do, uh, being it's a ceremony, baptism is a ceremony, you add a ceremony to salvation, then you're saying that the blood of Christ is not good enough and that uh, faith that God grants to you is not good enough because faith is granted us by God, John. Philippians one twenty nine, and that faith is in Christ, John 6.29. So is a faith that justifies us Romans 5 1 Romans 3 28 is that faith uh, that God gives is it sufficient in and of itself to justify us they would say no 
Well, sometimes I'll, I'll try to get tricky, and they'll say, yes, it is. You're justified by faith when you get baptized. And then my response is, so you're justified by faith? Yes, you are, when we get baptized. So you're not justified by faith when you have faith, are you? How can you not be justified by faith when you have faith? Because that's what it is. So uh, you're justified by faith when you have faith. Oh, it's so simple. Why do people make things so difficult? Because they don't have the mind of Christ. All right. All right. All right. Let me see if I can go over to the uh, wacko mail. Because we got something interesting. And uh, I did move stuff around. And now i got to find it. Let's see. Karm-related stuff. Where did it go? Oh, that's in the wrong email. That's why. So, hey, let's go over here. And, um, okay, come on. I got the wacko stuff. I'm looking for it. But I do have a lot of wacko stuff. I think it's right there. Now, there we go. Let's see. Uh, I hate to disturb you again, but after compiling my research and having sent a long email, I found some facts about Wicca. Uh, despite its spells and incantations, Wicca is not witchcraft. Well, that's what witchcraft is, a spell and incantations, among other things. Wicca is a world religion, and witchcraft is a magical art. So is <laughs> Wicca. Uh, there are some Christians who practice witchery. Oh, then they're not Christians if they practice witchery. They're not Christians. He goes on, um, uh, Wicca was founded in England, uh, but not by Jared Gardner. That's, yeah, that's called the Gardnerian view. Uh any rate, Wicca is not an ancient Celtic religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One man's trash, another treasure. So, yeah, there's that. I know he said a lot. Okay, let's see. Man, this guy's got like 50 emails to me. Maybe even more. There's a whole slew, like 50. Seriously. Interesting. It, this person, another person says, the spirits are still claiming God is Allah. I'm in trouble for saying otherwise. Okay. Okay, I don't know the context of that one. You'll have to figure out who God is on your own. Wow. Okay, that didn't help any. I will be having six children. Gabriel is giving me eggs. Oh, man. You know, maybe I should save this one for wacko mail tomorrow because it is pretty good. And I just read that little bit. And I think that I will uh, save it. Uh, and I, I, yeah, that's a good one, you know. So I didn't want to read any more because I'll, it'll set me off. I'll start commenting. <laughs> I'll have to save it for when it's a lot more fun. We do wait, uh, hate mail and wacko mail uh, a lot of times on Fridays. Well, today's Thursday. Hey, by the way, I'll be teaching a Bible study tonight on Romans 11. If you want to join in, you can. And um, you can go to karm.org, I mean, uh, excuse me, rumble.com forward slash matchlick Bible study, one word, and you can join in. And we do it, we start uh, at officially 9.30 Eastern time. Now, that's pretty late, but that's because we live here in Idaho, and that's when people get off work and they come here. So we usually take about an hour, and then uh, people stay afterwards, and we talk a lot. And I enjoy that. enjoy the fellowship. A lot of good people there. So there's that. And if you want to support us, please consider doing that. We would really love that. We do ask for $5, $10, $15, $20 a month. You just go to karm.org forward slash donate. That's C-A-R-M dot O-R-G forward slash donate. It's not very much. We do ask for your support because that's how we stay in the air. May the Lord bless you. 
And by his grace, we'll be back on here tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then, everybody. God bless. Another program powered by the Truth Network.